0: Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, everyone. I'm Pam LaRicchia from Living Joyfully, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Anna Brown and Erica Ellis, and our wonderful guest, Erin. Hello, everyone. Nice. So Erin has been on the podcast before back in episode 25. so please check that episode out to hear more details about her unschooling journey but today she's joining us to explore the question what's so magical about age 18 which I am very excited to dive into but before we get started we just want to encourage you to visit the Living Joyfully shop. There you'll find my books, our growing catalog of courses, you can join our online community, and book coaching calls with us. I'm just so excited to build a one-stop shop to support you as you navigate relationships with your loved ones and dive deep into your unschooling journey. So you can follow the link in the show notes or just go to livingjoyfullyshop.com. And now, what the heck is up with AJT? <laughs> and Anna, would you like to get us started? <laughs>
1: I do when I get us started. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad we're doing an episode about this age and kind of season of life. I feel like it's not talked about nearly enough. And there are so many parts at play. You know, culturally, we have this idea, I think, that, you know, 18 and our work is done, you know, but this really isn't even about unschooling at all. And it just couldn't be further from the truth. You know, there's this um, kind of older labor bureau study from around, I feel like it was like 2007, 2008, that talked about age 20. 27 being kind of the average age where the majority of kids were now then living independently, you know, so that's age 27. Okay. And just the majority of that, of the standard kids, you know, so this idea that everyone is on their own at 18 just isn't true. And I think letting go of that idea really helps us focus on the individuals in our family and what transitioning into adult height, adulthood is going to look like for them because it's so unique And I think actually it's easier for us in unschooling families to understand this because our focus is on connection. You know, it's on relationships and those relationships and connections last a lifetime. So for us, the age is maybe a little less relevant, Um, Because we're we're not that kind of product focused. But that said, you know, when our kids move and start moving into adulthood, there's a lot of messaging. It's coming at them. It's coming at us, you know, messages about next steps and what do you want to do for the rest of your life, you know, and it can be this really stressful time. And I think it can be fraught with triggers for us. You know, I found that time in my own life to be stressful, and I had a very conventional upbringing, but it was really important for me to separate my experience from my kids' experience. And I wanted to really protect the space and help kind of quiet the noise as they navigated this time. Um, And so I know we have so much to talk about, but those are the things that kind of came to mind first, this cultural expectation. And really understanding what's bubbling up for us, because, you know, this is an age we all remember, you know, whereas some of the earlier ages we may not.
0: I will say that's something that um, I remember. The interesting piece, too, is like, even as you were saying, we have a different perspective on things because we've been unschooling and living unschooling. But there's also the piece that I don't know, for me anyway, I was like, deep in the moment, with them, doing the things and everything. And the 18 messages kind of started coming, like you said, more powerfully as my kids got older. So it wasn't some, it was like, yeah, sure. You know, when they were younger, you know, I'll worry about that, you know, years, years from now. And in general, it was, yeah, no, I'm not going to have, I don't have expectations anymore But as, you know, 16, 17 started coming up, and like you said, people are now asking different kinds of questions, you know, what college are they going to, what are they going to be doing, you know, all these pieces, that all those expectations started hitting me then, like, so it was another wave, where I just, I had to work through it again, I had to like, oh, what is it? Why? why are these messages throwing me off kilter? It would just like have me wobble a bit and I'd be revisiting all sorts of pieces that, that, that brought that lifestyle and perspective into this new season of our lives. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting conversation for me. So my kids are 12 and 14 right now. And I'm just thinking like, Right. Like you don't really know what your vision of 18 really means until you're kind of confronted with it. And so I I like the idea of thinking about it now um, and just kind of, you know, being more aware of like, what are people going to be expecting is going to change. Even what messages have my kids internalized about what it means to turn 18 and what it means to be an adult. Because I know that you know, they do have some of those stories for themselves of like, when I grow up, then this will happen or whatever. And so, um, right, but not getting so hooked on that number, that age, because obviously, things will change over the years. And it be they wake up when they're 18. And now everything they thought about being an adult is coming true. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I can relate so much to both you and uh, you, Anna and Pam, as far as uh, your kind of you know, you're humming along, and you've done some of the work. And, and then there is this, uh, yeah, it's just a really interesting kind of entrance into people's perceptions of, I guess, what adulthood should look like. And so I think last time we spoke um, on your podcast, Pam, I, I was talking about this period of time, for several years where I really had the sweet spot, I would say, with kind of our life and and doing life without school. And I, I felt really confident. And yeah, as we got closer to, to I guess, 18, you know, it's, it, whenever people perceive the high school years as being over, suddenly, you know, everybody's, it's a lot of questions, I think is what it is. Because I found through a lot of the, um, kind of the homeschool and school journey, People didn't really know what we were doing, so they would ask some questions. But it was almost so far from what they were used to that, unless it was kind of good friends of mine or or our family that I could maybe talk a little bit more specifically with, they, you know, there was sort of a generality to the questions. And then I think you you come to this phase that. Um, everybody's pretty familiar with right whether it's the world of work or it's college or university or whatever people are doing moving out driver's licenses all those kind of older things and it was just different because they were bringing suddenly the conversations were different because they had some familiarity with that stage of life. Um, One of the things that's kind of neat about that too though I find is that now that so my youngest is is eighteen, so I'm I've really kind of officially moved out of that that zone. Um, there is a little bit of of a little bit more parallel at times in conversation I can have with people because as much as we might think that everybody has kind of it all together and and their their kids' paths to doing whatever, I'm just finding in all kinds of places that people are pretty like there is trepidation about. What their kids are doing, if their kids are happy, if their kids are safe, um, and so there's kind of some commonality too that we can can have, which is which is nice,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's that piece, right, to not, because I think sometimes when we're unschooling, we get caught in this like, oh, this is specific to unschooling, this concern that they're not going to do this, or it looks different. And I think you're right. I think it's very common. I think it's really this commonality of of everyone moving it because it it is just such a time of change. And, you know, as parents letting go of pieces and things are happening. And so I think it, it just can be really helpful as unschoolers to step out of, of this idea that it's specific to that. And then when we can let go of that, that's when we can focus on the individuals because, you know, Erin, you have several kids, you, Pam, I have two, like, it's been absolutely unique between all of our children, you know, that I know about has been so different and unique. And that's kind of the cool part about it too.
3: Mm -hmm. And I think it it gives other people a little bit of space. I find that, you know, we're having conversations and and maybe asking each other how our how our kids are. And you can feel they are feeling that same nervousness that we all feel, like, oh, you know. Um, and so I think when we can just really give a lot of space and breadth and encouragement to whatever's happening for their kids, I think maybe that's what we can offer in those conversations. Is it's like, oh, you know, there's we're not coming with judgment or preconceived ideas. And it I find that there's a feeling that pe- that I have that people maybe are feeling a little bit better for kind of having those more open-ended conversations
0: yeah yeah and I think that that age comes in there too right when we can bring the energy of oh it's not like there isn't a timetable it does we don't need to like have this solved or our kids don't need to have this solved and I think for me the fun thing about those conversations, was that piece was that you know that curiosity that space you were talking about Aaron where it can be like oh yeah you know they're they're interested in this thing and they're trying out this thing and they're doing this thing that they're enjoying and and it brings the conversation for me anyway back from the I have an 18 year old or an almost 18 year old to look at this amazing person in front of me Right. When you can bring it back to the individual who's there and talk about them, like you were saying, Anna, like the way it unfolds is so unique to each person. Right. And for me, what helped me when I was starting to wobble was really just steeping again in unschooling as a lifestyle. And, oh, this doesn't need to be, you know, whether it was learning to read and you know they can they need to know how to read before so like i've been through those kinds of messages before so i could tap back into that it's like oh yeah you know what there doesn't need to be a timetable for this either i can lean into what they like to do this is who i want to be as a parent you know i still want to maintain a strong and trusting connection with them No matter their age, actually, it was reminding myself about all those pieces of, you know, the kind of parent I wanted to be that I honed through unschooling and just realizing or remembering yet again that this is a lifestyle. This is what I've chosen for my family and for how I want to relate to them, really. Right. And that. No matter our ages, I still want to. And like right now, my kids are all in their 20s and 30s. And it's still how I want to relate to them. It's how I want to relate to human beings. But there was definitely that time where I needed to process and remind myself that. And then I could bring that easier energy to all those conversations. And yeah, sometimes you could just see them relax. It's like, oh, this isn't some... like. Uh, that's the piece. When they're chatting with me, it's like all of a sudden they recognize that this isn't a conversation with someone to whom they need to give the answers to what their child is doing. Like, okay, yeah, this is because those are the questions they're getting too, right? So for them to, you could just see them relax a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, you know, maybe this, maybe this, you know, what this is the, the stuff they're up to. And
2: even just to help
0: them relax a little bit on that. It it made the conversations really interesting, right?
2: I <laughs> love I I can totally picture that with and how you're talking about those earlier conversations too. Like anytime there's kind of that societal expectation on parents and on kids everyone around is feeling that pressure and so it's so nice isn't it to be able to be the one to help maybe relieve some of that pressure at least in the conversations with us because right they're probably just feeling a bit defensive about what their own kid is doing and worrying about being judged um, you know for what they they are and are not doing yet and so yeah I just love that I love that we can kind of question it and just be like there is no one right way and people are different (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. And that's kind of my PSA portion of this one is just, you know, stop it. Like we can be the generation that stops those questions at that age. Because, you know, when um Afton, my oldest, was that, you know, age she was traveling by herself and, you know, she was probably 18, 19 And I mean, literally strangers on airplanes asking her, you know, what college are you going to or what are you doing now? Like find other words, (laughs) like, you know, connect with people about what, whoa, what trip are you going on? What's happening with you right now? Oh, what are you interested in?" in? And for those, you know, teens that are in that stage, you know, what I would tell her is. I was like, turn it back around and say, what did you love about college? Are you working in the field that you went to college for? <laughs> and like, turn it back to them. Because so often they were like, oh, I hated this. Or, oh, no, I've done this. Or, oh, I didn't do this. And it was a much more interesting conversation. And I don't think there's any kind of malice with the questions. I think it's just we don't know how to ask questions of kids. What grade are you in? What's your you know, what's your favorite subject? You know, so this is just another area to stretch and leave Space for us all to be different, and for there to be different paths.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I was, I got thinking about that, Anna, when I was thinking about this topic. That it's people are are at a loss for other things to say, right, and other things to ask because most kids are, you know, in school for a good chunk of their day and their week, and and so it's it's kind of what people know. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not said with malice, but. Um, I know my kids have found it just really repetitive. Even yeah. if, even if it's something that they want to talk about, like even if it's a passion or um, an interest or something, they're feeling really comfortable about. It's just like over and over, like what are their age, you know, can you imagine everywhere you go, people are asking, you, like, what are you doing? What are your plans? And then right. what are you going to do with that? And then what, you know, because it's not just, what are you doing? We, we had a line of questioning happening over the holidays and it was like, it didn't stop there. Then it was sort of like, well, do you think that there's money in that field? Do you think there's security? Do you think there's,
1: so it's, it's a lot of questions. Right? We would never ask anyone else. We'd never ask another, we didn't go to the neighbor and ask about their personal finances and have they really planned ahead for what's going to happen next? You know, like we just wouldn't do that. So it's such an interesting thing.
2: There's got to be something about kind of like the prom- the promise or the, um, the hopefulness of that. Like they're just starting to be an adult. And at this phase, we know so much about all of the trials and tribulations, all the decisions and all the things we've had to do. But looking at that fresh new adult who has all the decision making in front of them, I think it probably makes people a little bit excited, a little bit concerned, you know, like a lot of things are brought up in us just because we remember, we know all that we've done from that age until now. And and I think a lot of people really like to pass along their words of wisdom or, you know, share the things that they've learned in order to help the next generation. So I see why people get excited, but Right. It's so tiring as an 18 year old to be like, oh, my gosh, I have to explain myself to everyone now. Yeah,
0: that is such a good point. And I think back to like our work as well, like I'm pretty sure I know that was like a big paradigm shift for me as we dove deeper into unschooling was like holding back my two cents because it would get in the way of my kids' exploration, as in, it's like, oh, should I be going in that direction? You know, kind of quiet, their, um, their instincts, their motivation, their inner voice, however you wanna phrase it. But if I could, you know, kind of not jump in because, oh yeah, this is really cool if you do it this way, et cetera, and learn how they may well do it differently, But that, oh my gosh, I came to realize how much sense it made for them to do it that way. And yet to recognize and realize that, oh, that's kind of the, it doesn't change because now they're a young adult. Yes, I've learned these things, but you know what? It doesn't mean those particular things would make their path any easier or, you know, et cetera. Like the things that, there's that, that, beautiful dance, that beautiful line of supporting them and helping them and even kind of pointing out things that we feel might be helpful. But again, without that expectation, and more often, I found that I needed to give so much more space than I first anticipated, right? Like to let things unfold, for them to pick up nuances, for them to understand themselves, because... Also, as we were saying earlier, like there's so many uh, ways their life is changing as well when they hit these ages, right? More opportunities are opening up, et cetera. Um, So to give them that space to explore them and figuring out for themselves while also being there to help, like not hands off. Like we're always talking about that dance and that we're not always going to get it perfect, but we're going to get clues if we jump in and we get like a little like, what? (laughs) Or, you know, no, no, thanks. Don't want to hear that. Or they immediately do something completely different. Not taking those things personally again. Like it's revisiting all these lessons that we've learned and recognizing that they apply to our kids as young adults. And then do it again as adult adults. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you decide you're going to draw those lines. So, you know, it's just that is really fascinating to me and something you always say, Anna, which is that there's plenty of time. That is always such a great reminder, because as if we remind ourselves about the individual in front of us, we can start to recognize how their timeline is unique to them. And it doesn't need to be a rush. I don't need to prove to other people Like the priority is the child in front of me and their journey and their journey is a lifetime. And like to just keep reminding myself, yep, we don't need, we don't need a deadline. We don't need a deadline for anything. So there's just so many different circumstances for each person's life that it's just so fun to kind of hang out with them and see how it unfolds. Even if it's like different, even if it's like, that would not be a choice I would make or anything (laughs) like that. Just it it reminds me just to celebrate the person that they are. And each time I just learn something more about them and I go, oh, damn, that's pretty cool.
1: And that, that it's not a race and that it's, we're here, like this is a lifelong journey. And if we're lucky, it's pretty long, you know? And so there's, it's Um, I was just talking to a friend this morning and saying, you know, disappointment is taking stock too soon. And I think that's when we put these kind of artificial deadlines that we're, we're measuring something and really it's just the unfolding, right? It's still unfolding for me, you know, at 55 years old, like, it's just like, it's just, if we can embrace that piece and I will say, so mine, are now just turned 24, 26, that societal pressure does ease. It's pretty intense. Like, it's pretty specific to that time frame of kind of like you were saying, Erin, like 16 to 20, you know, where it's like these milestones that people kind of have in their own mind. And then they just kind of are like, oh, they're living their life, doing their thing. Like, I don't know. It's not so micromanaged. But something else I wanted to say that's almost the reverse of this is something that you said earlier, Erica, about how they're taking in societal pieces and they're taking in things about it. And so something that I had to um, embrace, give some space for, was that they were going to maybe try things from motivations that I didn't think were great, like that were motivations from external pieces, societal pieces. But it's like you were saying, Pam, like, That's not my journey either. Like I can't stop them from doing that. And I can't, you know, guide them around that. Like they knew they weren't getting pressure from me in particular and that they had my support and I could be there to facilitate, but I could see them at times making choices. And now looking back, you know, we can have conversations about it. And they've said like, yeah, I kind of wish I could go back and do some of that again, but we can't change that for them. So again, so I guess it's the reminder of so much of this is our work to just recognize we can't control the path. Mm-hmm.
3: And I was, I was, I've also been thinking about the idea of how much um, more space and time I've, questions. I've had to leave, but in order to have the relationships that I want to have, I've had to leave. And it's not even that the they necessarily need all those, all that time, but just having enough margin to be available for some of those conversations. And I know we talk about this with teens for sure, but I think it, I think it continues. Um, we had like, I think we were up till about two thirty the other night, just kind of spontaneously a little bit similar to what you're talking about. Yana. I think like, you know, my son was just kind of like processing different things with his job and his path and management versus, you know, going a different route and, and just really kind of thinking it through financially and all those kinds of things too. And, and some of it was, um, that balance, I guess, if you will, between what, what externally people are saying, you know, he should do or not him specifically, but people, and then what he enjoys and a kind of quality of life he wants to have. And, um, yeah, that's not like a quick conversation, apparently, (laughs) (laughs) right like it just it just kind of went on and on and on um but he yeah he really needed to process that and you could see bits of that like be just aware of what's expected and then also I think and maybe it's a little bit tricky when you've come up through a childhood where you have a lot of freedom and it's you know things aren't very standard and it's wonderful and one sense, but you are also very true to yourself, I think, when you grow up that way. And so then there's a little bit more of a rub, I think, yeah. between the external expectations. Like, it's more to kind of sift through, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that example, Erin. And that reminded me that something that I've kind of, I don't even know, learned, picked up is... A, kind of a realization that oh this is what relationships are because it's like okay they're 18 they're even if they're moving out and they're doing other things it's like oh okay it's it's still not that i'm done it's still the processing it's still because yes they're used to actually processing things as a human being to actually you know, look at ex- not just to do what's expected of them, but to think about it and consider whether it's some make a real choice as, as to whether it's something they want to do. And then maybe they do try it out, and then event- later on they like turn is like, yeah, no, I did that kind of because I was feeling I needed to do that, and yeah, it's not working out the way I expected. But that's a conversation, that's processing, and yeah, to realize that oh. You know, even as adults, how cool is it to be able to process, to be to continue to really um, move through your life with intention? You know, even if it's like, ah, I don't have time, I'm just going to do this thing. Because it seems best to me or that's what everybody's telling me to do. I'm going to try it out. You know, they are just learning so much about themselves and that we have that relationship with them that when they want to process and when they want, you know, to bounce ideas around or any of those pieces that they trust and know that we will um, do that with them. So yeah, it was like, oh, adults out of the house. I, I'm done now as my parents. I know, no, it's, oh yeah. These are the relationships that I wanted to
2: have. And it is a lifelong thing. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> right, and, and just the part about like, Um, like the lessons that we've learned and those things that we question now as adults, like they might not be in a place to question that yet, you know? And so it kind of makes sense that they, they're going to have their own journey just as we did where they're learning how, I mean, maybe they have a little bit of a advantage (laughs) for like listening to that inner voice, but you know, there will still be a process of, critically looking at, at society's messages and expectations, listening to their inner voice, figuring out what works for them. And so I think it makes sense that the young adults are sometimes even unschooling young adults are like, I think I'm going to try this thing that everyone else is doing. And we can be, you know, from our position, be like, but why? You don't have to. You just don't have to do that. Um, but I think, right, like it's kind of wasted energy for us to try to convince them about stuff that it's taken us this long to come to. They just are going to be on their own journey with it.
1: Yeah. And I think it's that being available. And and Erin, just like your experience and yours too, Pam, it's like it is a time of intensity. And really, Erica, you're already seeing it with your, you know, early teens, like this need to process these big ideas and, and then go away and kind of be doing things. And then all of a sudden, yes, we're here for the three hour conversation. And, and I think you're right, Pam, it's just relationships. When we think about the people we're closest to that we want to process things with, and we want to, you know, bounce things off of, how cool is it that we are that person, you know, for our, our adults, these, these adults. And I don't, I don't know, I love it. And it, it is can be intense at times. And I think partly that intensity for me comes from the triggers, right? Of just, I remember how intense it felt to, okay, we're on our own now, like, this is what's happening. And we've got to make all these decisions that seem really weighty and big. And so I do love what I see in them, Aaron, like you said, a, a kind of a stronger connection to self and also just that they are coming to me to talk about it. Like I didn't go to my parents to talk about the stress I was under with some of this stuff. I just kind of felt like I had to do it. You know, I just had to figure it out and do it. And so I love that there's more space for that collaboration, that community feel of relationships. And I wonder if
3: some of that not going to your parents, because I think a lot of people have that experience is that maybe, maybe we normalized that degree of stress. And it was kind of like, well, this, this is the stage of life I'm in. This is just how it needs to be. Right. So I don't know, but, and, uh, you know, there might be some of that, but I it's fun that they can play with that a little bit yeah. and think hmm, maybe there are some choices within this or, you know, some different options. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's cool. <laughs> it's really cool to see the, the different kinds of choices that, that they make over time. And you can, you know, just like when they were younger, you can, you see the learning and the things that they're figuring out, not just through um, the processing, but just through the choices they're making oh, we're going to try this out. Ah, well, something motivated you to try that thing out. And how interesting is that? And yeah, so there's just so many pieces. um, And I love that, you know, I love that we, for the most part, remember or re-remember that breadth of, what it means to be a person you know that that we have revisited over time as we've wobbled with unschooling and gone back to looking at our kids and and oh yeah look they are you know they're a complete human being they have interests they're like learning things all the time or they're you know. I say learning things all the time and then I worry oh people will look at their kid and and think oh they're they're not like digging into this interest or anything like that because there are cocooning stages where it doesn't look like they're doing much but oh my gosh they're learning so much about themselves just by existing in this season and seeing how things unfold and just getting curious like especially when their choices are like I don't know if that's gonna work out you know the way they're hoping it will work out etc but How many times over the years, over their lifetime so far, has it surprised me? So like we were saying, I'm not going to jump in and say no, but I can sure be curious as to how it unfolds. (laughs) Right,
1: right. And I think, oh, okay, I may lose this thought, but it's it's something about how, oh, no, I did lose it. I'm going to come back to it.
3: (laughs) I have something that popped up just about... um, choices that they make and and so on the one hand I I think you'd mentioned earlier on Anna about triggers like this can be a, a, a period of time or a stage of life where there are a lot of triggers for us and I think you know some of that is that we want the best for a lot of it is we want the best for our kids but some of it is that external opinion of what they're doing but to a certain degree I think we have to just observe how much is our own ego as well because you know you know, people have been watching, right? (laughs) (laughs) People have been watching the homeschool journey. What is the strange thing that this family's doing? You know, how will the the kids turn out? Um, And so, yeah, there is a certain amount of pressure on us. That's real. And I think just, I don't know, to be able to observe that, be aware of it. um, I don't know. I'm always curious. I don't, I've never asked my kids. I don't know how much they feel that or if they even do um yeah. but yeah it's kind of a it's an odd thing that there's this kind of low level observation happening
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's real and right it's magic. real <laughs> yeah and i think you know that's why for me when i talk about you know this cuz obviously we've been talking about it for for many many years now i really do focus on it's about me being the person I want to be. I honestly don't know (laughs) like what's going to happen, you know, down the road or whatever, but I truly believe if I'm being the person I want to be, you know, showing up in kindness and compassion and supporting that that's the best I can do, you know? So it's like for me, like to really pull it away from the outcomes because it's not like that's their own personal journey. You know, they're, they're going to take that journey and have all kinds of things, you know, about their childhood and other pieces. I mean, And I will say at this stage, I am grateful to have the relationships that I have with them, you know, and that we enjoy being with each other so much. But, yeah, it's so tricky. But the other piece did come back to me, which is to you touched on it a little bit, Pam. But it's like, remember the tools, because I think sometimes when we move into this stage, suddenly you'll see parents like kind of maybe double down on the conventional piece, like either, you know, oh, so now we've done all this stuff. Now we're going to college or now it's going to look like X, Y, Z. And even if they go to college, like what I love about the m- kind of mindset we bring with with unschooling is the curiosity. And it's a tool, you know, college course is a tool, uh, you know, welding course is a tool, uh, you know, e- exploring Europe is a tool, you know, like it's just all of it is is valid and real and important. And so I think it does take extra work, like you're saying, Aaron, for us to do that at that time, because the eyes are on, you know, like all the eyes. But for me, it was just like, shut that out and focus on the individual in front of me. What's making their heart sing? What what is helping them move through the stage? And again, just thinking of our, what, how many do we have with all of us here? You know, six, eight kids, whatever. So unique and different. No, more than that. We've got 10 kids, I guess. But it's like, so every single one of them is so different. And this journey is so different and all just as cool and interesting as the next.
2: Mm -hmm. When you said um, people are looking to see how how the kids turn out like that triggers me so much because (laughs) I'm just like, what does turning out mean for a human? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still changing so much and growing and learning at this age. And so I think, right, just kind of keeping that front and center for me of like, there's not a finish line. And if there is one, there's certainly not one at age 23. You know, (laughs) and so. Just yeah. Remembering that, that, that journey, there's no turning out. We're all, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if you're unschooling or if you're in school or whatever, no matter how you grow, there's, there's still not a finish line as much as some people kind of think that there is one.
1: Oh my gosh. Just really quickly. Like I would not want someone to think my journey ended at 23. (laughs) Even though it looks pretty conventional up to that point, like, yeah, like, oh, my gosh, so much has happened since then. And so much growth. And that's happening with each and every one of our children, all the people out there. That's true. And just turn it back to myself each time. Yes. Right. It's like,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. I have changed so much in that time. I need to give everybody the grace to <laughs> have their own journey. Yes. I just
3: had one more thing on that, which is what, what I started to notice is it, it wasn't even just the 18. It's like people started to prepare for the 18, yes. sometimes <laughs> at like 13, 14. And so a lot of the people that we, you know, I would have these memories of the kids on the hiking trails and the all the different things, right? And just having a lot of fun together. And I really started to notice for um quite a few people that joy just yeah right away in the teen years you know and they they kind of had all these wonderful years you know some were traditionally homeschooling some were unschooling it didn't really matter they were all kind of finding their own joyful way of doing things and yeah then there was kind of this period of time where suddenly the teens didn't have time to get together or like whether it was I don't know just getting into a lot of structured courses or work or whatever um and not that those are bad things and they can they can be what what kids want to do and they can be really helpful but um i think it depends on the mindset if it's coming from that mindset of fear we need to prepare for 18 (laughs) you know that's it, it just it felt a little bit sad to me to see some of
2: that energy change that reminds me of the energy that changed when my kids were turning three and four. It's like these kind of milestone places along life. Um, And I remember my own mind kind of going there and it didn't stay there for long because it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But you know, I had thoughts of like, well, you know, Oliver's turning three. So things are going to have to get more serious around here. He's really going to have to start learning, you know? And so I think it's that that high school thing is the same. It's like, okay, they're entering the high school years. Things have to get more serious. They have to start making decisions. And so, right. It's just noticing when those kind of more cultural things are popping up in my mind.
0: Yeah, because societally, you know, when when the goal is like more conventionally college or university, like high school is when you got to start prepping for that, right? You got to get the grades throughout your high school career to get into the school that you want. So you can see how pretty easily see how that unfolds, why that starts bubbling up then, and when it bubbles up for us, I think it really is just noticing expectations, like and the fear that's behind those expectations, as you were mentioning, Erin, that we maybe when they were younger, we didn't realize that we held because there was kind of no reason to to think about it. Because it's it's just so fascinating to me. Like we can think, oh yeah, you know, college, they can choose whether or not they go, yep, done with that. Yeah, when the age starts, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe, may, just in case, maybe we should, <laughs> you know, all those pieces. So I think there are, like, it it comes up in, in maybe how we talk with them, it comes up in our conversations outside our family, it comes up in the conversations they're having with other people So, yeah, it is just, it is really worth the effort, I think, to just peel back the layers for ourselves around, like, when we just start to feel some shoulds and while we have to do this, when we feel those, it's just such a great clue to dive in and just, you know, do we have to? Why should we do that? Because even if we come to the point where for us, yes, this this feels like something I really want to happen... At least now we have the language and the understanding about ourselves and the self awareness to be able to share, at least, you know, I'm feeling, (laughs) you know, to bring that to the conversation. Like a conversation that starts with, I'm kind of feeling this versus I think you should do this. Like, 180 difference as conversation starters, like just as a point. You know, just to start feeling out with them and seeing what they're feeling. And maybe we're commiserating and maybe we're coming up with like some new ideas. Maybe they're thinking about things that we didn't know about yet. And it's like, oh, well, that's so much cooler because that is something else I realized. Like my plans, which were coming from expectations and how this is this is how life should unfold. Just were never as creative and interesting as so many of the plans that that they chose for themselves because then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense for you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I think too that, that we, as you know, there's a natural often um, teens do become more serious and focused on mm-hmm. something in particular, or maybe just generally. Right. So I think, it, you know, it, it isn't to say that that they don't drive some of that focus because they do they they get passionate about things and they want to learn. And I think, um, they are interested in their future, and so they will yeah. kind of make steps that might make sense, or you know, pieces that they might be interested in. But I think, I think it's that idea of what what's driving it. Is it is it external? Is it this kind of fear that we are saying, you know, okay, it's time to <laughs> it's time get unpleasant, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah.
1: Right. And I think that piece that that there's plenty of time piece is a really good place to start, because even if we can let go of kind of the artificial timelines of it, like just because they choose not to go to college at 18 doesn't mean they won't at 22 or 28, you know, so if we can let go of the kind of rigid timeline, just even that alone provides a little breathing room to learn more about ourselves, to make sure someone's ready for that step, make sure someone's ready to do whatever the next thing. And so I think even that's that's a piece of work we can kind of catch in ourselves and go, okay, right. We don't have to buy into artificial timelines. Again, and I think the piece is tuning into the individual who's in front of you, what what do they need, what makes sense for them, and, you know, really just being there and creating that space. I, I think that's kind of a great place to start with all of this.
0: Yeah, and what bubbled up for me there, Anna, is just a reminder, not only tune into the individual and the things they're interested in, but their personality and yes. who they like to, you know, who they are in the world, how they like to engage with the world you know, to remember, not only just introvert, extrovert, because we can be like, Mm. okay, now you should be doing this, we can start to see them while they're adults now, group things, but introvert, extrovert, like, I was just reminded very strongly there, um, you know, of Michael's more uh, multi-passionate way of going, because, yeah, he had Applied and been accepted to college and had this job and was thinking about doing this thing and this thing. And like, for it's important for me not to get fixated on any one of those paths because he's just got so many possibilities that he loves. And again, just be curious to see how things unfold when these decision points come for now, right? For now, now. (laughs) they can come again and again. But right now, oh, you know what? This is the path that that he's going to choose. So understanding that, you know, for him having so many different, like, interests and paths and and possibilities is just how he works and how he thrives. Um, So supporting that um, versus, you know, another child who's, like, just deeply into their passion and just diving right. into that deeper and deeper and deeper over the years. Like, that is really cool, too. But to expect that out of another, that, because their personality is so different, it just doesn't work. So, like, knowing the individual and the, their unique interests and everything but again, to just the root of people are different and their personalities and the way they approach their life is just another great thing to keep in mind, I think.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: All right, any last words before? I think we've hit everything.
1: <laughs> I think we've definitely covered a lot. I, I think there's just lots to think about with this one. Oh my.
0: Yeah, I love I love this age because it's I feel like it's it's another one of the big seasons, you know, the toddlers into mm-hmm. choosing unschooling and then the mm-hmm. teen years and you know and and I think it's just another um season where there are so many expectations that we have absorbed growing up and that society is you know, bringing in on us that it's just kind of another time when I found I needed to just get more purposeful and and ground back in my why and ground back in remembering who we are and and who I wanted to be as a parent, but in relationship with with the people in my family, regardless of their ages. So yeah, I'm glad. Well, I- you-
3: <laughs> Sorry, one more. something Yay! came to my mind because I was thinking that um. It, it was kind of funny timing that I think when I joined, I joined like two or three online groups within a season and I think my youngest was 15 at the time. So, and my oldest was like 21 or something like that. And it's such a funny time to start like diving into these, <laughs> things, right? but it's been so helpful and it continues to be helpful. So I just, I don't know, I guess I would just like to put that in as a word of encouragement that um I think, I'll be curious to see as time goes on, but I feel like more and more people are doing that. I'm noticing there are a few of us who still are wanting to talk about these things and sort these things out because it's um, it's like the same principles, but yeah. new life stage, it's, yeah, there's still a lot to kind of think through and and work through in our, in ourselves. So yeah, just wanted to put that out there that I found that really useful. <laughs> so-
1: I love it because I mean, you know, we started the network. I mean, both of our kids, fam were grown and you know, grown and whatever. But it's like right because it's so much about the journey for me. It's so much about learning how I want to show up in all my relationships, including the ones with my you know adult kids. So yeah, it's it's really it is it is a, it is a very cool time,
0: and it's just very inspirational. It just reminds me again, like. Yep. Are you making choices in the direction of the person that you want to be, regardless of, you know, life stages? I, I just learned that these questions are just so valuable for me just to, and the reminder to live intentionally to the reminder to, you know, don't just kind of get on this path, even though you chose this path and do the things, just get your little to-do list, but that, you know, moving through my life with intention and just, Hanging out with people who are doing the same thing is just very inspiring. Day in and day out. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. And I hope everyone listening has found this conversation helpful on their unschooling journey. And, yes, you can come leave comments on on social, on the post on the website. We would love to hear what sparked for you about this idea of, oh, my gosh, my kids are going to become adults, you know, (laughs) this this magical age of 18 where it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Y'all take care of yourself (laughs) now. But if you are looking for some individualized support, whether it is about unschooling, whether it's about your relationships in your life with your kids, work, et cetera, uh, we would invite you to check out our coaching options at livingjoyfullyshop.com. And as we mentioned, we would love for you to join us in the Living Joyfully Network. You will find links to that in the show notes. And we wish you all a wonderful week. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
2: Bye. Thanks, Dave.
0: I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey, and be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.